Greetings from Jerusalem, the only city on the planet which is called the Throne of the Lord, Jeremiah 3.17. Our theme song you just heard is Tukun Olam, which resonates the soul of this broadcast to help repair the world, especially the church and Israel. What can we offer that few others can? Tune in each week. Our message is coming from Jerusalem and will give real meat to the Word of God in this season of much-needed Bible truth. For the one billion Christians in the world, I would like to see this broadcast help you catch a glimpse of what you've been missing and to help you reconnect your faith to the missing link. I guarantee you'll go deeper in the Word of God from tuning in to Heartbeat for Israel, sponsored by Christian Friends of Israel Jerusalem at cfijerusalem.org. Why? There's so much to tell. Just join us now for our time together. Today, we're continuing on with Jerusalem, the throne of the Lord. With or without world approval, Jerusalem is the heart of Israel, and Temple Mount is the heart of Jerusalem. It is the place of the throne of all ages, and preparations are well on their way to make it a reality. The church needs to realize this. Elie Wiesel always said, one really doesn't go to Jerusalem, one returns to it. Millions of Christians have arrived here only to feel they too have returned home. How many of you who've ever visited Israel have ever felt that feeling? Yes, I see some eyes in my spirit, and I see some eyes brightly shining, saying, I felt that I returned home. Every culture and tribe will one day come up to the city by way of the highway of Zion. And every time my husband and I left the land to travel and minister in the world, we would find ourselves unwinding. Our energy seemed to slow down. However, all we had to do was see the coastline of Israel from that airplane window when we were returning as we were touching down on the tarmac at Ben-Gurion. We were disembarking our aircraft and felt the ground under our feet and a fresh burst of energy that we had nowhere else in the world would rush through our veins. We'd take off running. We were home. And that happened to us for 30 years and more. We have loved every moment here, every new morning, and cherish our call to Jerusalem, despite the sacrifices we had to make. Jerusalem carries a fascinating charm. It still knows how to cast a heavenly spell over us. You know, at the heart of it is a spiritual dynamic found nowhere else. And ironically, we feel safe in a tiny land surrounded by many enemies. And with the reality of all of its problems, it still forms a place dear to our hearts because it is the choice of God and where he wants his throne on earth. Many Christian pilgrims have paid a high price to reach these borders. I heard of Christians who sold all of their precious possessions and jewels just to make one trip to Jerusalem. And so we must get to the heart of what's happening, the preparation going on, and take a look at a city 
seemingly getting itself ready for something big. If you visit here, you'll see building everywhere and at some corner of every block and throughout the city. Our offices of Christian Friends of Israel are located in the gateway to Jerusalem. Come and visit us sometime. A recent issue of Bar Magazine, that's Biblical Archaeological Review, would help anyone to understand what's happening. A headline said, Jerusalem is unveiling herself, meaning the city is uncovering and revealing its original character. Yeah. How many cities in the world have done that? And how many years of staying veiled she is becoming, after many years, like a bride waiting for her groom? The article that I'm referring to shed a lot of light on Jerusalem, and its stones are as if they are crying out, that they have a story to tell. They're waiting to be dug up and put on display. City excavators are putting into place ancient ruins, one layer at a time, and the pieces of the puzzle of what Jerusalem looked like are creating a picture now. Long-standing questions held by Bible historians are being answered. Do you know that you can actually visit Jerusalem and walk on the Pilgrim's Road, the same pavement that millions of pilgrims have walked throughout the centuries uh, and the belie early believers that they would have walked with Jesus up those steps. You can walk on those same pavements. Jerusalem is taking off her old garments and putting on her new face. And her wardrobe will be splendid. Her new look is going to be stunning. It looks like she's preparing for the event of the ages. Have you ever gone into one of your children's bedrooms and it's morning and time to rise and you say, okay, time to get up. No time for snoozing. We got to catch that bus. Well, the prophet Isaiah felt it necessary to wake up the city of Jerusalem. Well, the prophet Isaiah felt it necessary to wake up the city because this city was snoozing as it lay in the dustbin of history. One morning, the old prophet shouted, Wake up! Wake up, O Zion! Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothing, Jerusalem. That's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 52 and verse 1. Former Mayor Teddy Kolak of some years ago also knew there was no time to snooze. And he began awakening Jerusalem by creating her new garments, that is, rebuilding and reconstructing the city. That was back in the 1980s and 1990s. And he said, I'm doing it for the coming of Messiah. And a few years back, city architects thought we might like to help him build Jerusalem, and they brought us blueprints of plans they had for the city. We still have those plans, and we were asked what we thought about some of their plans. There was to be a new Jerusalem gateway, and by the way, Christian Friends of Israel is in the gateway. But how would we feel about a cable car giving rides to pilgrims near the Temple Mount? <laughs> how about a fast train taking one close to a rebuilt temple? New structures, halls of exhibitions, part of the strength which Isaiah speaks about 
is already being cultivated in the hearts here. Mr. Moshe Feglin, who is a leader of Zahut International, revealed some time ago that they were hosting a, a webinar where discussions would be held about bringing back the strength, the soul, to the holy city. Now, strength in Hebrew is the word chazak. Say it with me. Chazak. Chazak. Essentially meaning character. There's something about the character of this beautiful city. Nowhere on the face of the earth can reproduce. My husband and I have traveled to over 50 countries, and we always waited because at the end of our tour, we couldn't hardly wait until we arrived back home to Jerusalem. There is a character here. Um, the strength is growing and growing as you visit her and as her spiritual development uh, is coming back too in the people. But plans are being developed and preparations are going on. There's a metro metropolitan beltway for the fast-moving Jerusalem train right near where our offices are, an internal landing strip and international airport east of the city, an upgrading of the mountain road and the Jerusalem Gush Dan road is planned, infrastructure and upgrades on the roads in East Jerusalem in the old city. They're all on the table. People are saying here, the temple of the king, the royal city, will stand up out of the chaos where the throne will be. Jerusalem is a royal city, and preparation is also developing in the areas of it. Areas like tourism. All paths leading to the Temple Mount will be repaired and reconstructed for the heart of the world. Many are waiting for the Israeli flag to be flown permanently over Temple Mount. For when Messiah arrives, the Jewish flag must be flying. I read the story of an Israeli grandmother recently, and she said, I love the land with all my heart. I believe with complete faith that the day will come when the entire world will see and recognize the God of our forefathers as the only true God. May it be in our days. We just need to convince some of our Christian pastors of this because one pastor in the Bible Belt of America admitted to personally worshiping Allah as he feels he is the same God as the God of Israel. I'm sorry, but he's deceived. Allah took over a former Pentecostal church a few years back as church leaders blessed their Muslim neighbors. I love the statement from one Arab Christian priest in Israel who has it right. He said, our future is with Israel, full stop. Also, not long ago, but a statement by the then president of Israel, Reuven Rivlin, was in a meeting with church leaders and he said, Christians are our brothers and we in Israel will do all we can to protect your freedom of worship, your security and the security of your holy sites here in Israel. Even though negative reports have been uh, reported around the world, it's not true. So much is exaggerated, so much is twisted. Be sure you know the truth when listening to the 
news from Israel. The wonderful mystery about all of the planning improvements is that this is happening by the power of the Spirit, all that I mentioned that is being planned. And there is nothing that Christians are doing to make it happen. It is the Spirit of the Lord God. A, can't, a hand that can't be seen appears to be guiding city planners and government officials. There's no doubt they're in preparation for an event unequaled before. So what's my point in all of this? It's not for us to worry about when it comes, but to know that it will come, that it will come. What God has promised, he will deliver. Since the Jewish people have been sensing the footsteps of Messiah for a few years, I think we should have merit in what they say and take it to heart. We just need ears to hear. We're living in a milestone generation in which we've witnessed the miracle of a nation being born in a day, according to the scriptures. We're witnessing a people regathered from the dustbin of history when someone who hated the Jewish people attempted to annihilate them during World War II. We're living in a milestone generation and witnessing a city given back to its rightful owners. We're witnessing Jerusalem, the place of millennial worship, and it's putting things in order for its king. The spiritual change of the Jewish people, having come from the graveyards of the nations, many were atheists, they were unbelievers, some were agnostics and communist sympathizers who first arrived at the shores of this land. Many have become believers in the one true God, attending synagogue and reading from the Torah, and even many studying the New Testament. As weird as it sounds, they responded to an inner voice. Who are we to question God's ways and think we need to take matters in our own hands? Some time ago, an Israeli commissioner of police said to the city, when the Messiah comes, everyone will want to approach him, so it'll get very crowded. God willing, we will need to start preparing now for the security, the operation that is necessary for the arrival of the Messiah. Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu once said, all embassies should relocate to Jerusalem. Under Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people and eventually the capital of the world. Still, other rabbis have argued in recent years that Jews should be preparing for Messiah's coming. In other reports, I remember reading that a growing number of young Israeli Jews were wanting to study the Jewish scriptures, which demonstrates increasingly spiritual tendencies that are forming. One thing has always puzzled me. How in the world, Lord, are you going to change this whole entire nation? With all of its worldly ambitions and pursuits and sensual ways, God tells us and he reminds us in Isaiah chapter 11, do not look at my people with your own eyes. Look at my promises. He says, I will cleanse Israel from all her filthiness in Ezekiel 
chapter 36, 25. And more stunning than that is that he's going to do it in one day. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 9 says, And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Wow. Did you know in 1967, in one day, there was an overwhelming desire among the Israelis to embrace what they held in their hands? That was the Western Wall. They held on to the momentous moment as long as possible when Israel's soldiers arrived to the old city for Israel. It was a sign of the beginning of national redemption. In 1992, the Jewish people confirmed again their devotion to this city, and the Jewish covenant was presented to the Israeli government on the 25th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. And it reads, In this city, the prophets of the Lord prophesied. In this city, the sages taught Torah. In this city, the Sanhedrin convened in session in its stone chamber. Out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All the inhabitants of the world shall enter within the gates of Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass at the end of days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be well established at the peak of the mountains and will tower above the hills and all the nations shall stream toward it. Out of Jerusalem, a message of peace went forth and shall yet go forth again to all the inhabitants of the earth. From this place, we again take this vow in the Jerusalem covenant. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, may my right hand lose its strength May my tongue cleave to my palate if I do not remember you. I'm excited to think that the kingdom of God is going to be on the earth, in Jerusalem, for a thousand years. Christians have prayed the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. But we don't think about that. Remember, there's a Jerusalem below for a thousand years and a Jerusalem above eternally. A Christian lady once wrote in and questioned the fact that I believed in, quote, the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. As a Christian, she just couldn't believe I'd read or believe it. I don't understand this is like throwing cold water on the fire of the Spirit. And this came, from, came directly from the church. So many in our churches still do not understand the Torah and th that the New Testament stands because of it. One day, the Torah will be the law of the land, in fact, the law of the entire world, but it will come from the lips of Messiah, the King who we believe as Christians is Jesus, the living Torah, and everyone will hear from him. He continually said about the Torah to his disciples, it is written. Don't you know what Torah said? Haven't you read the Torah? His only Bible was the Jewish scriptures. 
there was no New Testament at the time of Jesus on earth. Jesus confirmed and upheld the law. He just questioned the motivations of man's hearts and traditions and challenged them to take a look at the inside of the cup. He took it upon himself to fulfill the Torah. I've had meetings with young Jewish people at the Hartman Institute who told me Yeshua fulfilled the Torah, right? When the church can grasp what the Torah is and will be, on a day when she begins to enter into her fullness, she will understand the Torah because Yeshua never came to do away with it. God forbid. He came to fulfill it. He is the goal of the Torah. So in light of all this, I agree with my friend, Professor Eli Lazorkin Eisenberg, head of the Israel Study Center, who says, Jesus' followers wonder whether or not the law of Moses applies to everyone, even New Testament Christians. Supporting this position is Paul's argument that the nations have become part of the commonwealth of Israel. We're granted the rights and privileges in the kingdom. So does the Torah apply to everybody? He says the answer is both yes and no. On one hand, it's clearly applicable to everyone. On the other hand, the law of Moses was never for everyone. Within it were laws that applied to different Jewish groups of people. And some Jewish laws applied only to the Levites. Other laws were for priests, high priests. Others for men, some for women, some for foreigners in the land. So is there really one Torah for everybody? Yes. But is it applicable to everybody in the same way? No. This is quoting Dr. L.A. Lizorkin. Eisenberg. Once more, I wish to make the statement that the New Testament confirms a great respect for God's temple in Jerusalem. The ultimate temple is located in the person of Yeshua and in the lives of his followers. Psalm 45 verse 6 says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your throne is a scepter of uprightness. So from the throne, the royal seat occupied by the highest of royalty, from the house of David, Messiah will rule with his royal scepter and ruler's staff. Do you want to be there? I dream of it continually, knowing that the kingdom is going to be glorious. It's going to be a praise in the earth from Jerusalem. Men and women from all over the world, nations from all over the world will come up to Jerusalem to worship the king and the one true God. There's only one God. There's not three. There's one. There's one Messiah. There's one Holy Spirit. And I look forward to seeing the uniting of Jew and Gentile into one new humanity who will bow the knee to the king of, the, of all creation, the creator, God, savior of the world. I'll be there, God willing, with Jesus and his followers to welcome everyone who wants to come up to Jerusalem. 
I pray, it's my prayer, that you will learn more and more from my sharing on Heartbeat for Israel. Because Jerusalem is called the throne of the Lord, it will come in the future. There is a nation preparing for that arrival of the Messiah. Come and visit her. See what God is doing for his holy city. For what he has promised will be fulfilled. May the Lord bless you as we come back on the next episode to talk a little bit more about the Messiah who will rule the nations. May the Lord God bless you and keep you. And may the Lord cause his face to shine upon all of you and give you his shalom. This is Sharon Sanders with Heartbeat for Israel from Jerusalem. Shalom, shalom.